Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Today, we're talking to Grin Lord, the founder and CEO of Empathic AI. Their technology uses AI to analyze text and voice communication to strengthen a company's culture and improve the performance of public-facing teams. They call this empathy as a service. We'll talk about what that means and how it works on this edition of PeopleTech. Grin, thanks for being here. And what is Empathic? Great question. Um, So right now, Empathic is being used in organizations to really transform and create a culture of empathy. Um, Pragmatically, we're a B2B SaaS company, and we have an API that integrates into existing HR SaaS platforms and analyzes conversations for empathy and make suggestions or corrections to what people are saying, if that's applicable. So for folks that are doing interviews, that's more of the case. Um, In other settings, we're really just returning metrics around how folks are performing with empathy, collaboration, partnership, synchrony, um, and associated things like that. How does it work? Yeah, so most of our... um, First of all, it's, it's an AI, uh, we're an AI company, and we have machine learning models that we've trained on conversational data. So that's um, in an HR context, could be between uh, a manager and employee, or it could be with someone um, who is interviewing or a recruiter um, and a candidate. Um, but we have a lot of different conversational data that our models are trained on. And we have folks that review those conversations and essentially identify what are the key ingredients in those conversations that are empathic um, and we label those. So what are the things that they did really well in the conversation that objectively can be ranked as associated to empathy? And once we've uh, labeled those conversations with tons of different aspects, so it's not just like was this good or bad or a felt sense? We, we actually have um, years of research, psychological research around specific phrases and things that you can say to increase empathy that cross-culturally are perceived as being more empathic. For example, something like an open-ended question uh, versus a series of closed-ended questions driving the discussion into a, a certain place. Like the open-ended question is perceived as more empathic. Um, So we label this data and then we train a machine learning model to recognize those same skills in novel conversations that it hasn't seen before. So I think probably most folks in tech spaces are familiar with AI, but um, for anyone that isn't, I I think of our models kind of like a, a human baby in some ways, and they only recognize the patterns that you show them. So we train them on all of these different patterns and we say, these are the good things, like look for these, or these are the really bad things, like definitely don't do this um, and show the model many, many examples of that. And then when it's faced with a new data set, it can can pick those out. So that's how the detection works, um, where we are kind of detecting what are the, the good and bad parts in these conversations. And then we have another step, which is like, what do you do about it? Like, what is the actionable insight or the thing that, okay, now I know 
I really need to improve my questions. Let's just use that example. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then we have another set of models, um, deep transformer models that basically make a correction to the thing that people said and say, here's a better way to be more empathic. Here's some choices for you to rephrase. Um, and those are using generative AI, which is a, a little bit of a different process, but has similar um, things where we have to train it on all sorts of examples of how to improve speech and interaction. Um, so that's like one set. And then we have some other things that um, other models and detections that aren't so concrete or based on exact skills of what people do and say, and more things like how are people synchronizing over time and um, their voice, uh, vocal patterns, um, pausing, words they use, how they phrase things, which um, there are several research studies on that have shown that when people synchronize over time, they're actually feeling more alliance, rapport, and empathy. So those can't really be, um, those are defined in a different way than kind of saying, these are the, the good things and like do more of that and here's a correction. Those are more unconscious indicators that people are getting along. Um, so our models look at both of those and we've trained them using experts in psychology. Um, and for myself, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years in a university-based setting. So we're kind of taking some of the academic concepts that psychologists and uh, folks in IO and in other um, you know, organizational psychology have worked on for a long time and trying to really operationalize that in conversations and train machines to do the same thing. So why does this matter to a business? I think, I mean, at, at the core, um, problems with empathy, especially now in the great resignation are related to churn and satisfaction with one's job. Um, even in the interviewing context, I think we're seeing there's scarcity for certain roles and people are no longer satisfied at work with like working in places that um, don't treat them well. And like culture is important. And especially in um, larger organizations where it's harder to have like a unified cultural approach using an AI to back up the company culture is really helpful. Um, so for example, if you have teams coming from um, different places all over the world, um, and we, we actually have this with some certain customers where they're onboarding you know, a team, um, let's just say like in Romania or in Hong Kong to work with a team in Seattle, and everyone's on Slack talking together or sending emails together, um, there are gonna be certain misinterpretations or things that happen cross-culturally uh, that can lead to reductions in productivity or um, problems with disagreement. And we're kind of trying to nip all those problems in the bud. And it's not just a cross-cultural problem. It happens between any person, right? Like it only takes one message that's misinterpreted in text-based formats, which we're all doing in remote work to kind of, you know, um, lead to a series of problems. So having... Um, an AI robot that's consistently kind of evaluating you and prompting you will help to communicate that company culture in a consistent way. And then will help the individuals to kind of realize, oh, I have different choices I can make here. And we're not telling you this is the only way, like there's still agency that person can decide, yeah, I, I want to do this. Or like, I really want to grow in this area. Give me more corrections like this, or I, I want to learn more about that. Um, 
It's all about doing this in a way where there's consistent feedback um, in an objective manner that helps companies kind of retain their employees longer. Um, so yeah, I think at the core, that's, that's what we're trying to do is, is reduce churn and help with retention, um, especially in a time where, yeah, people aren't interested in working for companies that are non-empathic. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. You know, it, it just occurs to me to ask, how is it capturing these conversations? I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's recording it somehow, but could you step me through that? Yeah. Um, that's a really good point because our um, technology can be applied in a bunch of different areas. So like texts, emails, Slack, like text-based things, but can also be used in phone conversations as long as there's a text layer. So for example, um, if you have, you know, customer support or agents, or if you have manager 360 reviews or one-on-ones, things like that, where there's actually recording, um, we can give close to real-time feedback on empathy in those settings. And different companies implement this in different ways. So again, we're not like a a set product. We integrate with what other people are using. Um, So a lot of different companies have different platforms for how their managers give feedback or how employees talk to each other. And we integrate into that um, kind of seamlessly to give those assessments and feedback. So it would re- really be up to the, um, the company, like where we integrate and how we work. It's really fascinating and, and it's really different. I never thought that I would see someone saying they're applying technology to empathy. Um, are there other, are there, are there competitors or are you the only people in this space right now? What's the landscape look like? Yeah, it's, it's, it's different because um, we're really we're taking a lot of the research and the evidence about what do we know about human behavior and speech that we can like take some of these academic lessons and lessons from psychotherapy and other contexts um, and apply them in these commercial settings. And I haven't seen anyone doing that exact thing where there's this very you know, we're not just like a writing assistant. We're not just trying to say, here's how to phrase your stuff better. It's like, maybe you need to have a meeting with this person. Hey, don't send this. Like, it's time for a one-on-one. Like, we're giving specific behavioral prompts on like, what do you do with all of this data analysis of your speech? So we're definitely in this era where there's a lot of performance tools and like review. Um, But I think, you know, from my background as a psychologist, where it kind of breaks down is that people have endless amounts of analysis and like data at their fingertips, but they don't know how to integrate that into what they're doing. So we'd like to come into those conversations and say like, this is exactly how you do it. 
Like, here's what you need to try. Like, this is the human way to apply all these insights. And, and I really don't see anyone else in the market doing that. But like folks doing kind of similar things would be um, uh, like Gong.io or Cogito. And they're, like, they're using it for um, more like call centers and saying, okay, there's a mismatch. Like I'm trying to do collections for a bill and there's a mismatch in empathy and the tone, like change your tone so you can like do collections, which is like totally different use case, but has some of the same principles. Um, again, we differentiate because we're our labels and our, our models are proprietary and focused on this specific data set of humans talking, not in commercial sales or other things. So um, nothing's off the shelf. Like we created it ourselves specifically for this use case. Um, but yeah, the, I guess there are similar kind of companies out there taking the idea of like, wow, now for the first time in like ever, we have technology where these like large scale AI models can be run in close to real time. We can take enormous pieces of data, put them through huge models and like output something immediately. When I first started working on this problem in the university context, um, you know, we would take a one hour recording of a call and analyze it for different skills. And, you know, the latency would be like sometimes, I want to say hours to a half a day, depending on like how long the call was, because we just didn't have the AI computing power. So these ideas have been around a long time. And now we're kind of like catching up to this moment where the technology's there. And then we have this huge problem of employee churn, satisfaction, um, remote teams that have never met each other, that don't have time to build trust and report. Like all of this is kind of convening together um, to, to make like a really interesting application of some of the principles and technology that we've been doing like manually for a while. Now, as you look out in the, you know, toward the future, how do you see the business growing? And I mean that sort of in two ways, the business meaning the you and your competitors that might spring up and, and all of that, but, but also just how uh, this application and this, this approach to empathy is going to evolve. What do you think? That's a really good question. I think there are some like things that need to be worked out in terms of with this really novel technology, you know, how do we make it acceptable and how do people, how can they integrate it so they become truly empathic and not just corrected in their speech or at the time, but like really how do they change their behavior? And that to me is like the most important new um, like learning that we can make is, um, you know, like for me, the end goal is not, uh, increasing retention and sales for a company. It's like, can we actually take these learnings and apply people to be better listeners, to be more compassionate at scale with AI? And like, I'm very interested in that. I think broadly, we'd like to expand beyond empathy and into essentially becoming like an auto-tune for any kind of tone or content. Um, some folks are highly empathic and to the point where like, they're non-assertive or like can't even get a point across because they're listening so much. And like we, our models have the ability to do that as well. 
So I think in the future, it will be more than just empathy and more like, let's assess and tune to the, you know, the type of feedback that's required in this moment. It could be empathy, could be assertiveness, could be, you know, being more dynamic or like whatever it is. And we have those capabilities now, um, but I think it's more figuring out like the use case. Um, And then, you know, the technology will only get more impressive, like, um, some of the generative AI models that are, are being used today, things like GPT-3, coming on to GPT-4, like huge um, advances in um, speech signal processing and production of language. So, I mean, there's also far-reaching applications into social robotics and like, how can we use these very human things to, to help um, in, in those other contexts? So, um, I think that this is just like a really exciting and ever evolving field. And and even from the time I founded my company till now, um, there are huge advances. So it's, it's certainly like in some ways the future is like now, like uh, if I listen to this a few months from now, I'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, we already (laughs) we're there. Like the field is moving so fast. Well, Gwen, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. My guest today has been Grin Lord, the founder and CEO of Empathic AI. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, where we're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www. Evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.